Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be talking 90 Day OG, the first episode of the new year. Yeah. So we don't have anything to really discuss at the top of the episode. We don't have hot goss. We don't have any announcements to discuss. We're just going to hop right into the episode. So 90 Day OG Season 10, Episode 12 in Sickness and in Health. So first couple we're going to talk about is Rob and Sophie. So we're still fighting. We see them in the car still fighting about the, you know, potential third, which was never gonna happen. Like, come on, it was never true. None of that was true. Um, and, um, we're currently 25 days away from the wedding as we're arguing about a third. He explains where he's coming from, which again, I did talk about in the last episode, um, was, uh, all very fair on his part. Honestly, I think he would have been damned if he did and damned if he didn't, honestly. So yeah. Um, so she apologizes for her reaction. So she said, let's move on. So now we they're in another scene now and they're cooking together. She says that, you know, this is kind of their first time cooking together in the apartment. And she kind of says to him like she wants him to cut potatoes, but she says, like, there's not a lot of space for you to cut potatoes. So he because she says there's not a lot of space to cook potatoes. He ends up getting um like one of those stand up trays and I guess voila, there you go. <laughs> Very good. You got space now to cut some potatoes. He says, you know, look, you this is something you can't get in a bigger kitchen. So he says he's sitting down while cutting the potatoes and she's like, Why? Because you can sit? And he's like, Yeah. Motherfucker, you can sit anywhere in any size fucking kitchen, you fucking idiot. I'd rather you just stop saying stupid shit and just, you know, just the fact that you have to sell her the small living or some shit, it just kind of goes to show your your stupidity. So how about you just shut up and just cut the fucking potatoes? Then we see her getting a text from her mom saying that she's going to be landing in 30 minutes. So she's on her way. He's not very excited, obviously, about her mom coming. He just doesn't want her to add more stress to their already what is a stressful relationship, which is fair. But the thing is, like, you're kind of the reason why. So, you know, um... He literally says that her mom doesn't know when to shut her mouth. I'm sorry. Listen to me. Listen to me. Good. It is not up to you 
to say that your fiance or soon to be wife's mom doesn't know when to shut her mouth. It's one thing if she were to say that that is her mom. It's not great, but that's her mom. For you to say it, it's like, are you, are you, if she said something similar about his mom, he would lose his fucking mind. But it is okay for you to say something like that about hers. Fuck you. I fucking hate this guy. I'm sorry. There's no redeeming qualities about him. I don't even care. Okay. Yeah, sure. He's like cute and shit, but that doesn't mean shit to me when you're an asshole. You are ugly. You're the ugliest person because you are an asshole. Anyway, um, so now we're on the way to go see her mom because her mom's not landed. So they're gonna go see her in the uh at her hotel. So when they get there, Clug hugs Claire. Clug Claire hugs Sophie instantly, obviously, um, and completely ignores Rob. It's actually a uh, kind of funny how she just completely ignored him. As he, as like the door, she like, Sophie walks in, Claire's like walking behind her and Rob is still outside on the hallway <laughs> and the door's like starting to close. That's uh, funny. Anyway. And her mom says, oh, you smell like rose blossoms. Hi, Rob. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway. Um. She, at Claire, as she's hugging Sophie, is like, you're stealing my baby. If you hurt her, I will kill you. Oh, my God. And meanwhile, Rob's is like, fuck sake, then. But, I mean, yeah. She says he, um, oh, sorry. She hopes that he won't be Rob the Knob anymore. Honey, he is still Rob the Knob, for sure. Yeah. So Claire says that the flight wasn't stressful. However, she did make some mistakes. Things fell out of her bag, but it's all good. It's fine. So she's like, do you need things for the wedding? Like, do you need something? Like, don't you need like something borrowed, something new, something blue, something old or whatever the fuck? Um, And Sophie's like, well, that's kind of a dated thing to do. And Rob has to push it just a little further and says, that's kind of like the 80s kind of thing to do. I feel like people still do that. Like, shut up. Just shut up. Um, She says, you know, what about the bouquet? So I guess Sophie wasn't going to do a bouquet since it's going to be, because it's going to be on a smaller scale who's really going to, you know, get the bouquet because you know, really and truly, it looks like only two people are single, and that's Claire and uh, Rob's mom. Um, so she's like, "Well, you have to have a bouquet. I need to catch it. I've haven't been married. I need to get married." Um, and she, so like Rob says, like, "Oh, it'll probably only be you and my mom," but you know, and she's like. I will knock your mom down to the ground. Now, clearly this is a joke. I don't think she would actually knock her down to the ground. Um, and I, I mean, in the moment Rob says he knows it's a joke, but I really truly think he doesn't, he, he wasn't sure if it was a joke or not. 
So he kind of like got a little attitude with her and you know he's like yeah you're aggressive and she's like I'm aggressive and she's he's like yeah you're you're aggressive and she says I was joking Rob and he says so was I I don't the thing with with Rob that's hard to read is even if he is telling a joke or saying a joke, his demeanor doesn't come across that way. But I also then feel like this man is absolutely incapable of having any kind of humor. So, yeah. Um... He then explains, like, this is why I'm always on edge with, with both of them when they're together. Um, because he feels like there's nothing he can say right with both of them. So he, um, Claire says, I feel like you have something to say. And she says, like, you know, you you hate me or just say you hate me or something like that. And he says, no, I don't hate you. And Sophie's like, he just doesn't get, um, he doesn't get you. He doesn't get the British humor. Because, again, Brits are very blunt in their delivery sometimes. It, yeah, like, that. that's kind of what I've heard is what I've seen they can be very blunt in their delivery and I don't think Rob understands that and I also just think he doesn't know when humor is happening versus when it's not either um but Claire takes it a step further and says I don't think he gets humor full stop and that I definitely um, agree with. He doesn't get humor. So she, uh, Claire is going to be coming the next day to see their place. And they're like, okay. And Claire's now nervous because she's like, I can tell on their faces this isn't going to go well. Well, let's go to the next scene. So Sophie's mom, Claire, is going to be coming very soon. Sophie is doing Rob's hair um, using like coconut oil. And we are now 24 days away, obviously, from the wedding. He asks, I would like you to be aware of when things are happening because he is nervous about her being there. And, uh, well, she's here now. So they go out and meet her, um, at like, I guess she's like an Uber or something. They go out to meet her. And, um, so we kind of start the tour and she, she's, she's like, I like the flower entrance. Sophie's like, the courtyard is great. Oh, and the bathrooms over there. 
let's go inside. And Claire's like, wait a minute, the bathroom's outside. Yeah. Totally normal, right? Um, so they go into the actual, well, fuck, room. And Sophie's like, okay, well, in that corner is the uh the kitchen and the dining room with no table and chairs. And then in that corner, there is a bed and and the couch. And uh, here are four walls. Oh, and uh, here's my closet, which is basically just a clothes rack uh, with her clothes on it. And uh, yeah, her face in this moment, Claire's face in this moment is like, what the actual fuck is happening here? She looks like she wants to cry on behalf of her child. She's like, this is real nice. Um, uh, a real, uh, what do you call it? The man, man cave. <laughs> and um, she's like, is this safe? And he, of course, says yes. But Sophie is like, well, we heard gunshots the other night. And he says, yeah, but you know, it's probably people just playing with guns in their fucking backyard, apparently, which apparently can't happen. Because for those people who watch Team Mom, you know, Ashley's husband, Barr, that's exactly what he did, played with a fucking gun in his backyard. And now he has to spend time in, in LA away from his family while they're in Vegas. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I guess people do that. I'm just like, I don't know if that's a typical thing. But anyway, her mom says, what I don't get is you knew she was coming. Why didn't you get a better place? She says, um, I don't, I don't want to use this term, but I'm going to use this term. So she says, a real man would have gotten his priorities in check and sacrifice and get shit done. He says, well, you know, I couldn't do, you know, finding a place for us as well as going and spending money to go on trips to visit her, you know, and spending rent money in where the fuck they were in Mexico. And she's in, you know, and Sophie's mom is kind of like, well, you know, maybe you should have sacrificed those trips and so that you could have saved for her. I And he says, well, why wouldn't it be better for us to stay apart, you know, when we can stay together and, and hustle together and find a place together? Here's the thing. Because Sophie did go to visit him. So she knew what she was, where he was living and how he was living. I think if he said to her, I, I think it's best if we sacrifice seeing each other so that I can save the money to have you here with, you know, I think if he told her that, I think she would have understood that. Yes, it's hard, but I think she would have understood, but he didn't do that. And yeah, although I think like, here, here again. Here's the issue. I think maybe it falls back on both, because I think even if he were to have said that, under the circumstances of him 
online cheating, um, I think she wouldn't have been excited about it. I think her insecurities would have come through if he said, I'm not going to see you as much so that I can put the money away. Um, because I think she would have been like, well, he might just cheat on me then. I really, truly think like, even if it just wouldn't have gone that way, I think there's only, again, I do agree with him. There's only so much you can do, but I think on Claire's part is wishful thinking because I don't think she has the full picture of, of how her daughter reacts to things. So anyway, he, um, her mom basically says, you know, I still feel like he could have done more. She can't work. And yeah. So despite Rob saying, can you just be aware of what's happening? You know, take my side and blah, blah. Sophie agrees with her mom. And, you know, but she's like, I'm trying not to blah, blah, blah. But like, you straight up are. He basically didn't think it was important to get a job, I guess. This is what she was saying. And I agree with that because it's again, he's like, I'm a jack of all trades, but it's like, what do you do besides trying to get on reality television of some kind? Like, what else do you do? Or model or whatever the fuck. Like, what else do you do? Because none of those things seem to be working for you. So I agree with, with her on that one. Um, but then he gets up and he says, y'all can't say shit because you don't know what it's like to be in the bottom. And even if you are on the bottom, you're going to get help to get in that. And that's all. He literally summed it up in that moment. He is resentful of the wealth that Sophie comes from. And I bet he's also resentful that she doesn't rely on on the family wealth. I don't know whether it's she just chooses not to or she is unable to. I don't know. But I think he is resentful of the fact that you want all of this shit, but you're not, you, you have this money, but you're not doing anything with it or some shit. That in that moment was when I'm like, oh, okay, there you are. That, that you just showed your ass. You're not with her for her. You're with her for the money you think you can get. That's why you're with her. Honey, don't sign a will. So <laughs> don't sign any life insurance. <laughs> Nothing. Um, but Claire says, like, you don't know what I've been through. And he's like, what have you been through or some shit? And he's like, you can get bailed out of things. And she's like, no, I can't. And here's again, here's the thing. I believe her. Yes, maybe your family has some sort of wealth. But money doesn't buy you happiness. Yes, it can bail you out of situations, but it doesn't buy happiness. We don't know what struggles Claire has had to go through that can't be fixed with fucking money. It is unfair of him to assume that, you know, she doesn't have any sort of, any sort of issue that just can't be fixed with money. He's an asshole, like I said. But, um, yeah, that's basically it for Rob and Sophie for this week. Um, 
So Gino and Jasmine. Not a whole lot with them this episode, but yeah, here we go. So we are holding some parrots, Jasmine is, um, but she puts them down and now we're going to go do some salsa dancing lessons, which was actually his idea. Um, he is like, you know, he's not a great dancer, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, that's not actually what he said. So I said, we know he's not a great dancer because we've seen it. Um, but he describes his dancing as, I guess, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. And I'm just like, sir, who, where, what, when, why, how, how? You don't dance like John Travolta. Fuck, John Travolta doesn't dance, dance like John Travolta anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, no, um, mm-mm. but he says, oh, I'm joking. No, no, you're not. <laughs> so they, uh, they get started and she says she's a little scared because he has stepped on her feet before. Great. Great. Um, but now he seems to be doing good. It's great. So she's like, yay. Anyway, moving on. So the next morning they're going for a walk taking selfies, sending it to Wanse. Um, he apparently actually texts Jasmine saying, um, I love Papa Gino. And she tells him that. So that's sweet. Um, and he says he's also learning English because he really wants to come to the States. So then um, he says, you know, I would really love a chance to be a father figure to the kids and he would also like to also be a real dad. And cause they were saying like, Oh, you'll be a bonus dad. And Jasmine's like, well, being a bonus dad is a real dad. And he means obviously fathering his own child. Um, so he says, I would like to at least have one, um, one child and he would like to do it soon. But she says like, she's not ready. And she tells us that she has some personal fears about getting pregnant again. So let's get into it. She says, I love my kids more than my own life. But she's had to deal with some hard things with respect to her youngest son, um, her youngest son's diagnosis. Now, she doesn't say what the diagnosis is, but I don't want to speculate too much either. But he is, you know, yeah, maybe on the spectrum. Um, and she says, and this I think is so real. She's like, imagine, um, picturing your your child in a certain way when you're pregnant with them, and then that's not how it turns out. Um, not that. It changes your love for your child, obviously. I don't think she's saying that, but I think everyone can relate to that to some extent. You picture one way and then it may end up being another another way. Um, so she says that um, he has special needs. He, She says like he can't communicate well, which is why I imagine he's probably autistic. Um, she says that the issue isn't him. The issue are, are the people. 
And yeah, I I get that. She's like, they have no tolerance. Um, she's like, I'm I'm happy that he doesn't understand what's going on, but I do. And obviously that hurts her. And she says, if he doesn't act like a neurotypical child, people don't have patience. And you know, she doesn't know if she can have the strength to have to potentially deal with something like that again. She says, what if I can't give you a neurotypical child? And she says, it's my fault that he isn't. Um, and he tells her that it's not, and a hundred percent, it's not her fault. There is no rhyme or reason why some children are on the autism spectrum or maybe have ADD or ADHD or anything like that. There is no rhyme or reason. It's just what happens. One child could be neurotypical. The other could not, but it's not the parent's fault. There's, 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 there's no, there's, it doesn't matter. Honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't change. It doesn't change anything. That is their personality. Um, and, uh, yeah, she doesn't, she didn't, she has not done nothing wrong. And she kind of uses the example of like, if we go to a restaurant and he's acting up because that is what happens with, and with anyone who is autistic, depending on like where they are, depends on how they react, but they could, you know, get frustrated at the smallest thing or maybe not want to eat something because with autism comes sensory issues as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot and it can be frustrating when you have people who don't understand. I mean, hell, even people in the educational system don't always seem to fucking understand. Sometimes the doctor doesn't always seem to understand because people tend to forget, I mean, I'm going off on a little tangent here, but people tend to forget that autism is a spectrum. So every child is going to be different and how they react to things is going to be different. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's bullshit. They're the ones that are in the wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, but she, when he, she, he tells her like, it's not your fault. She says, but how do you know? The doctors don't know. And he says, no matter what, they will love that child. If they do have one, doesn't matter how they turn out. Um, and she says that if they do have a baby, that he or she will be lucky to have Gino as their father. I thought that was very sweet. That was a very sweet moment with them. We rarely get these moments with them. <laughs> but it was very sweet. Um, and I think very eye-opening when it comes to Jasmine. I, we're kind of getting a little more of like, well, between we have like one moment in B90 and now we have like this one moment here. And we're kind of starting to kind of understand her a little more. Um, which I think is, is great. And that actually, now hearing this 
actually now makes a lot of sense why she was so protective of Cleo in B90 and how Christian was handling himself. It makes so much more sense now because she was very protective of her. Said like, you know, I'm I'm being kind of mama bear with Cleo. It all makes sense now with what she's just told us about her youngest. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the next couple. And we are with Sam and Citra. So, she's opening a rice cooker. And um, because she has not been able to eat any rice, all she's been doing is eating potatoes. She didn't, she wasn't able to have any rice because she didn't have a rice cooker. Everybody, please. I'm going to say this. When I heard this, I'm like, you couldn't cook rice without the cooker. And my mom's like, well, some people like to use the cooker and think that's the only way they can make rice. I was taught how to make rice in an actual pot, not a rice cooker. Not that rice cookers didn't exist. Of course they did. But I was taught in a pot. I was taught the ratios and all that. Like I I was taught that. And that is how I we typically make rice in our house is in a pot. Now, we have a rice cooker. We do. And we were using it for a time. And yes, I really think the the benefit of using a rice cooker is the cleaning. It's so much easier to clean. But we don't use the rice cooker. And we don't use the rice cooker. I, I think we can use a rice cooker with our bird, but there are certain things we can't use in, in our house because of our bird. It could kill them. Uh, like the fumes alone could kill them. But um, there, <laughs> if you have a pot, there's nothing stopping you from eating rice. You don't have to have potatoes. Um, but anyway, she is worried about him possibly going to prison for his stupidity. Um, and he hopes that he doesn't lose her over the, his stupidity. So he, he shows up now and he asks her, you know, how are you doing after the complete dr- bomb I just dropped on you? And she says that she is still upset, but she is sticking by him. Great. She thanks him for her rice cooker. She's like, you saved my life. (laughs) But he's not ready to tell her, you know, her dad, I think, about the the issues. But, you know, he's going to have to. But anyway, she basically says, well, depending on how her dad, you know, if her dad takes her back to Indonesia, like the relationship will be done, basically. Like if... Her dad's like, the fuck? So anyway, what uh, Citra is actually making for for them is low-key a punishment for his stupidity. She says Indonesian food is really spicy. And basically, it's probably going to burn him a new asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She says she brought food with her from Indonesia because she knows 
where they are, Cameron, is a very small town and probably doesn't have a lot of um options besides maybe steak and potatoes. I don't know. Um, he says that he doesn't like the Indonesian food, but he says, I will get a bad case of IBS to, for this. So great. Now they are heading to his mom's place. He says he used to be close with her when he was a kid, but then they were estranged. Um, for many years, but now they're trying to fix things and have a relationship. He kind of wants to keep Citra and his mom separate due to the fact that she is very religious, which we have heard already. Um, so he says that, you know, they're the kind of people who preach, but don't practice what they preach yeah i know exactly what the fuck he's talking about i've seen that shit in my own fucking family yeah i i know exactly what he's saying and it's those fucking people that need to shut the fuck up and stay in their fucking lane you can be religious you can love god all that nonsense great but shut the fuck up in the process, okay? Like, really, respect other people and their beliefs, no matter what their beliefs are. I hate people like that. I'm sorry, like, that makes me very upset. Um, it actually triggers me a little bit because I've had experiences of family members not shutting the fuck up. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, she wants his mom to kind of be like his, like her second mom. Um, because I don't think she, I think, I don't know if she mentioned her mom is, has passed. I'm not sure. But, um, not only that, but she doesn't have obviously her family in the States with her. So she's kind of hoping that that can be a positive thing. Um, his grandma's precious. She's, she's precious. Yes. Um, so they, go there and um sister says like they, she made food it's beef with coconut her mom his mom likes coconut so great and i wrote oh his grandma says she loves him this is so cute <laughs> so what do you think of it you know is what uh his mom asks her and um she says that she thinks it's it's quiet. Um, so his grandma will be at the wedding. Don't you worry, she says. His mom asks, so um, are we having a Muslim wedding? And Sidra says, well, in the beginning, yes, because he will be converting. And his mom, which I don't disagree with, says she doesn't believe um, that people should be kind of in this case forced to convert in order for them to get married and i 100 percent agree with this but this is about as far as i go with her because she's pissed she's about to piss me off um so she's like i you know i don't think like you should have to change your beliefs you know all that 
which I don't know if he has many beliefs, honestly. I don't, I mean, yes, he was raised one way, but I don't know if that's something he continues on with. Like, I, it doesn't appear to be that way. So, anyway, um, she says, like, what if he, oh, so she, sorry, before she says that, she says, like, I wouldn't agree, like, I don't agree with it. Like, honestly, like, I wouldn't, like, want him to marry into like witchcraft or something what the fuck so wait are you just using that as an example because it's witchcraft although i don't know why witchcraft is in this right now or are you trying to say that every other religion besides your own is considered witchcraft are we now on a fucking witch hunt have we not learned from the salem witch trials and every other fucking witch trial that happened in this fucking planet between the 1600s and then on, because really and truly, when has the witch hunt ended? You know what I mean? It's, I just didn't understand why she used that as an example. I really don't. And that, that bothered me. So she says like she would like if they kind of, you know, learned the, if, she, if Citra, could learn like the same God that I believe in. And it's like, but we have billions and billions and billions of people in this world. And we all don't believe in the same fucking God. And you know what? That is okay. Ugh. Ugh. She, like, I was getting very mad. Anyway, she's, says um would you still marry him if he didn't want to convert now that is an uh, an okay question to ask because i do agree like you know yeah and she says basically no she wouldn't she wouldn't marry him if he didn't convert which that's a problem i'm sorry but on the one hand yes i don't agree with everything his fucking mom's saying right now. most of it i don't believe i don't agree with what she's saying but on the other hand it's like but you shouldn't be forcing anyone to convert into any religion to marry you if you want to marry someone who believes in the islamic faith then you shouldn't have found someone who already is Muslim. That is what I believe. And that's second with it. <laughs> so, then she says, um, you know, I don't know how I'm going to, as more as his mom, I don't know how I'm going to like feel about being a Catholic, going to a Muslim wedding and all this. Like, have you never gone to someone's wedding who doesn't necessarily believe in the same faith that you do? I just don't get that. Like, is the issue that she's Muslim? Because that's where I feel. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm close enough with everybody in my life or whatever who had been in my life to go to every single, but I've known a Hindu. I've known a Muslim. I've known a a Jew. I've known people who 
are agnostic, probably, or people who are atheists. I, I've known all kinds of different people. And are you trying to say that, like, be, if they're not having a Catholic wedding, they you just don't know what to do yourself? Just fucking be there and shut the fuck up. There's nothing. Oh, God. Um, she's like, how do you do something you don't approve of? They didn't ask for your fucking approval. They asked you to attend their wedding. You don't need to approve shit. So grandma, so they're, they're getting ready to leave. Grandma says, you better tell me if he acts up, I'll deal with him. I'll deal with him. <laughs> and then mom basically at this point says like, I hope things go fine. But then the producer basically calls her out on her shit and says, well, I feel like you actually want this wedding to not happen. And she's like, maybe ma'am, I'm going to say this. You don't get the right to wear the Rugrats t-shirt. You better take that shit off. Wear something else. Maybe, I don't know, a MAGA shirt or something. I don't know. And yeah, and, and take that Rugrats off. You don't get to wear Rugrats, bitch. I'm so mad. Because it's on the one hand, you say one thing that I agree with. But on the other hand, you're spewing hate at the same time. It sounds like she is... Islamophobic. Is that the right Islamophobic? Yeah. She, like that's how it feels. And it's just like you're the problem, not not anything else. And now I understand why he's he would have rather just keep them separate. Anyway, that is it for Sam and and Citra. Let's just hurry up and go through Justin. Igor and Nikki, because I don't give a fucking shit about these people. Um, so we are leaving. He doesn't know what to say because he doesn't understand the problem. You cheated. That's the problem, sir. He um just didn't know she. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he just didn't know or something. Anyways, she feels like a sugar mama. You are a sugar mama. You've paid for his apartment renovations. You paid for his surgeries. You are a sugar mama. Yeah, you are. And you fucking know it. Like, stop acting like you don't know it. Anyway, then he says, maybe we can try. Well, I don't know, like a threesome. And she's like, excuse me? What? Like, and he feels, um, more open to this world with her because she's a sex maniac, according to him. And he says it's his dream. Like every fucking straight man in this fucking world, you're not, you're not a one of a kind here. You're just, you're not one of a kind. Every man wants to have a fucking threesome. Anyway, um, she, um, she says, like, I did this shit in my 20s and she's over that. She doesn't want to fuck around. She wants to settle down. And she wonders if he wants the threesome because of the fact that her being male at birth, that she's, you know, she's putting that out there. She doesn't feel like she is enough, which that, that I'm not going to say anything about that. I think that's that's how she feels. Anyway, um, 
she kind of says like either he loves making uh, me jealous or he is actually being serious. And I think it's both, honestly. Anyway, I think that just bottom line doesn't give a shit. Then she comes to, so they're actually back at the apartment now. She is in the room. She's doing something with her suitcase, but she's like, no, fuck this shit. And she goes to him and she says, we need to talk. And she is like, what's with like all this shit? She says, listen, we were having sex unprotected. Now I'm finding out that you had sex with other women. First of all, how many? He struggles to say two. I feel like if you only had sex with two other women, you would fucking remember that. Um, So either he's lying about the number or he couldn't remember what the script said. And and then she's like, well, we had unprotected sex and everything like that. So like, you, she's like, well, I was protected. No, you weren't. Um, And even if. And were you protected every single moment you had with this person? Probably not. There is more than one way to potentially get an STD, sir. Um, so she says, like, the threesome shit, I did my experimenting. She's 47, you know. I did my experimenting. She's like, I've had two guys fuck me. I've had two girls fuck me. And a guy, she's like, I even had three guys fuck me in Paris. Well, that that didn't really work out too well. It was too much, but she did it. And I'm like, what the fuck? And how quick she's like, it didn't work out that well. And again, the script, perfect delivery, you know? Um, but he says that he wants to do the threesome in the future, that they're just talking right now, that he's not expecting to have it now. And it's like, okay, but if you're talking about settling down with somebody, why the fuck would you ever need to have a fucking threesome? Anyways, so we're done with that. He's going to go out to go see Yvonne um, and Nikki is going to be calling her mom. So we're going to do the conversation with her and her mom first because they kind of do a back and forth thing. And then we will tackle the conversation with Justin Igor. So Nikki calls her mom. She explains what's been going on with him. And, you know, she kind of says, like, you know, all of these red flags um, are starting to kind of pop back up in her head, um, how he would treat her. And how she just knew that in her gut, like sometimes you'd act like an asshole and all this, or maybe fuck all the time. Then she says he wants a threesome. Mom's like, nope. <laughs> She's like, you want this commitment? He's not kind of understanding that. She says, tell him to get over whatever his desires are. Um, and She's like, we're supposed to have this engagement party. I don't know what to do. And her mom's like, don't do it if you don't want to do it. Now, here's what I'm going to say. When you are a 47-year-old woman with someone in their early 30s, and you talk about the fact that you already experimented, you're not allowing him to do the same when you are, in a sense, holding him back from, from those things. And 
I, 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 I think like, I don't know if this guy wants to have kids in the future or something. He, he might. And the thing is, it's like for two reasons. Number one, she does. She cannot ever give him those things. Number one, she isn't, um, she was born male at birth. So she doesn't have the equipment to, to do that if they were to, to, to do that. And even, but that said that, that, that doesn't matter, but I don't even think she'd want to adopt either. I really don't think she wants to ha- be tied down to a child. Honestly, she doesn't come across as that kind of person. So if those things alone, you're holding him up, you're holding him back on. And if he has his sexual desires, you are holding him back. That's just, that's just the God honest truth. Anyways, moving on past that, Justin Igor, as we've mentioned, is talking to Ivan, um, and he's telling him what happened. He's like, I'm a normal man. I have needs. Fuck you. Ivan says, it's normal for someone to be jealous because he kind of is like trying to attack Nikki's jealousy, um, Justin Igor. And Ivan's like, well, it's normal, like, you know, whatever. Um, but Justin Igor feels like, He's dealing with her masculine side because God forbid she puts her foot down about something or God forbid wants to have sex. That has nothing to do with her being male at birth. It has everything to do with the fact that you don't fuck her. And I'm sorry, but women put their foot down all the time. All the time. You're just not used to that because of you know, the patriarchal attitude that you, your country has, but it's just, don't make it about her masculine side or whatever the fuck, like you're full of shit. Um, he says like, she argues, she fights and she wants sex. Oh my God. Um, and he's like, would that work for you? Yvonne says, no, um, he says, and then his friend says, women are naturally manipulative. Huh? Fuck your friend too. And he says, you just need to put that to a stop. Be masculine with her. Tell her you're stronger than her. You're the man. Ew, 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 ew. This ew. I hate these people. Anyway, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we will talk about Ashley and Manuel and Clayton and, and Annalie. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality and you can sign up and do exactly that and you can find us and you can guest on our podcast so again 
that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H dot com forward slash reality R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A and you can be a guest on our podcast. Have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast. Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for our editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with the Ludo, you can create clips, you can do your ads, that's just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by the clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find on our show notes, just down there at the bottom at the show notes, and you can get access to and we are easy back. software. So we are jumping in with. Ashley and Manuel. So we got someone at the door and she's really excited about this. It's apparently a surprise for Manuel, actually. And it is his best friend, Jonathan. Manuel and Jonathan haven't seen each other in about six years because Jonathan moved to the States. He Manuel says that Ashley always surprises him. He's like, one of these days, she's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Um, with her vagina. Anyway, she asked Jonathan, how did he learn English? And he says that he learned it on the streets, basically just learned by osmosis, I guess. Um, and she says, I think it's time for you to now go explore Rochester, basically get out of my house. Both of you. <laughs> he says, um, so, and it's we'll back up a minute. I'm going a little ahead here. So they do leave. They go to some sort of bar restaurant type thing. And they sit and they talk. And Manuel says that, you know, me and Ashley, we have problems, but I like fighting now. He, so what he says 
Because at first I'm thinking, oh, you just, you're pessimistic? No. What he's trying to say is that he'd rather do the fighting now before they're married than fight when they are married. So he says the marriage hopefully will be smoother. Manuel just doesn't understand, though, how, why, like, Ashley needs a lot of material things. Um, he says, like, I have five pairs of basically everything. Five pairs, five pants, five shirts, five shoes, pairs of shoes. Like, he has, like, all that. But Jonathan tells him, listen, here in America, it's different here. You learn to work hard, but also play hard, or at least, you know, treat yourself, you know? And he's like, you know, sometimes I might want to get a pair of shoes. I know I don't really need it, but I get it because I want it. Um, so he's trying to like explain that to him. But obviously Manuel is more in this mindset of you only, you work to make money and you provide for your family. So now it's the next day. All three are going to go out together. Ashley wants to know from Jonathan's perspective, like, or actually first first and foremost, just wants to know what you all talk about. Did you talk about me? What did you all say? And she wants to know, like, why doesn't he like spending money on himself? She's like, I work hard. So I like to treat myself for things, right? She's like, when I spend money, though, there is always a problem because he feels that the money should be going to his family or, you know, whatever. What seems to kind of come out a little bit basically based on what she's saying here is like, even if she, he seems to have even a problem when she's paying bills. She's like, if I have a bill that I need to pay for. It's like he has a problem with that. So wait, are we complaining about her needing to buy materialistic things like, I don't know, candles or, or, or crystals or shit? Or are we getting upset about not only that, but then her also paying her light bill? Like that, that was weird to me. And, um, Jonathan says you can't always just save. Sometimes spending is also okay. You budget. That's what you do. You budget. Now I know maybe, you know, obviously things may be a little different in Ecuador, but you do learn to do a budget. Like I don't know. I, you know, most paychecks do not go to, very rarely do I buy things for myself. It's just, sometimes it's difficult to do so. But if I do want something that I know I either need or I want or whatever, I plan ahead for that. I budget myself for that. I mean, hell, even certain, you know, you have to do like a medical, like a medical type thing. Sometimes even that you got to budget yourself for, like you budget and you work within that. He, um, she says like the money that I give to his family could go to my, to my light bill. And he is keeping me from his family. So I'm helping his family financially right now, but then he also keeps me away from his family. Now I hear what she's saying. I see both sides of this, but 
I do hear what she's saying. If I'm providing financially for your family because you, sir, can't work right now, which obviously you know ahead of time, then I should be able to meet your family for those people who I haven't met yet. And I, but at the same time, I also understand him like just because you're providing or helping me provide for my family right now doesn't give you the ticket in either right? You, you knew what you were signing up for by sponsoring a man who solely seems to provide for his family. Um, or at least gives a lot of his, his, his earnings to his family. You knew what you were getting yourself into. You knew you hadn't been introduced to his family before this. You knew all of these things yet. You still went one step closer to him, to marrying him. So I understand her but that's partially on her. So, yeah. Um, so she basically says like, I don't want him dictating to me how I should spend my money. Right. And then he says, well, you just think about yourself. And she takes such offense to him saying this. And she's like, I might start crying. (laughs) You might. Either you do or you don't, girl. Damn. Um, Then she basically gets up and she says, I need a minute. And she walks away. And Manuel says, this is what she does. Um, I mean, better to walk away from a situation, especially in front of your friend, than to 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 yell at you, you know, which, which would you prefer? Um, so she's like, you know, you don't feel supported by me. That's all I do. I feed you. Uh, the, the food, I, the money I spent on food, that's that's me. I spend money on your phone that you, you know, you use for whatever reason that you need to use it for. She's like, um, I fuck you four times a day now. Wait, you had me up until that. Because I'm like, that's not necessarily a support thing. Yes, yeah, sure, that's taking care of a need, although four times a day. Jesus. But yeah, like that's not necessarily fulfilling, supporting him. That's just fulfilling a need that really and truly you both have. That's not really support. Anyway, um, she's like, I brought you here on my back with no cosigner, which is definitely a great thing. I mean, it's not a difficult thing, you know, like, I mean, if you're, if you're making the minimum, whatever the minimum is, the minimum here, um, when I sponsored my ex was, was I think it was 28,000. Um, it's not a difficult thing. I mean, mind you, I don't know what the fuck she does for work. I'm still want to know. She, is she a witch? Like, like that's her job. Like, I, I don't know. But anyways, that is it for Ashley and Manuel. So let's move on to Clayton and Annalie. So we are uh, 59 days without sex. <laughs> the fucking shade. <laughs> um, he says, you know, I know she's mad, blah, 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 and blah, but, you know, it's my private life too. And it affects me and all this. And I'm just like, what the, the? and he basically just wanted to get advice. And I'm thinking, 
but you didn't have to say any of this shit in front of your fiance and his girlfriend. There was a time and a place and it wasn't at dinner or drinks or whatever the fuck they were doing. So, but he's making some breakfast. He says, if he wants to fix something um, in our, in the relationship, uh, or sorry, she says, if he wants to fix something in the relationship, do it with me, which again, very fair. She's like, your friends aren't your therapist. <laughs> now I, I disagree not therapist, but I disagree with that notion. Your friends are sometimes a great place to vent and they can either give you advice or not give you advice, but sometimes you just need someone to listen, you know? Um, so I'm sorry she doesn't have that. Um, but anyways, she, so sit down, have breakfast. Um, and she says, we, you know, when you talk about last night, she's like, you know, I'm conservative. So there again is the reason why you don't mention anything, sir. And she says, like, can you talk about our sex life? He says, um, what, you know, I have to say what's on my mind. So you have no fucking filter. Fuck. And she's like, okay, so then sex was on your mind then. He's like, yeah, sometimes it randomly pops in my head. Annalie, sex is always on a man's mind. And then add the fact that that man hasn't had sex in 59 days. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh, man, no. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's a long fucking time. But again, they do obviously have an issue that needs to be addressed. Not having sex for 59 days is ridiculous. But they clearly have something that needs to be addressed. And I think the main thing is closet mom. You got to get rid of closet mom. You really do. You really need it. You got to, she's, she's got to go. She is cock walking at this point. Come on. Anyways. Um, so he apologizes though. She says she does feel good about the apology, but at the same time, it was very rude. So it's clearly going to stick with her a little bit. So he says that him and Cameron are planning a surprise for her for the wedding. So she has no clue what this is. Um, but him and Cameron go to do their surprise and he actually found a Peruvian dance instructor who is going to teach him the traditional dance in Peru. I can't remember what that was called, but that's what they're going to be doing. Um, y'all, he's real awkward, really awkward. Um, when he's doing this dance, he, they gave him like this hat, both him and Cameron have this hat that I guess goes with the tradition of the dance. I don't know. And when he like bows down at one point, the hat just falls right off. Like it's really awkward. And when he's doing the dancing, he's kind of like going up and down. Like he's a fucking, um, that ride, the, the merry-go-round when the horses go up and down, but still spin, you know? that make you sick. And he's like, I'm limping. Am I limping? I feel like I'm limping. And the instructor's like, you're limping. So <laughs> this is so random. Um, he's like, float. Think of floating. <laughs> it's just not great. But Cameron says, you know what? He's actually doing better than I thought he would, which isn't saying much, really. Um, and so they... Um, they talk afterwards and he's like, you know, about the whole thing yesterday. He's like, she's a cool girl. I don't want to disrespect her or anything, but I know you 
and y'all are fucking first of all. And, um, she hasn't even told her dad. I completely forgot about the fact that her dad doesn't know. It's kind of like when we kept forgetting that Brittany was married from Brittany and what was his name? Yasin. I can't remember his name, but, uh, yeah, I'm like, Oh shit. That's right. I completely forgot. So, um, he's like, I, he doesn't want to push her into telling her father, um, and then, you know, just risk the fact that she leaves, um, instead. And he says, but at the same time, like if she were to leave, is that really someone that I want to be with for the rest of my life? Probably not. Probably not. Um, Cameron thinks that she might have some doubts. Maybe that's why she's not telling her father. No shit. First example, closet mom is one doubt that I think is just percolating, you know? So he also thinks that, um, Clayton doesn't want to lose his source of happiness, which I do think that's maybe another thing. I I don't know if he feels like if I let her go, there's nothing better. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that, but it's just interesting that I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they go back to the Airbnb. She's like, I'm curious to know what y'all did. Like, tell me what you do. And obviously they're not going to say anything. Um, anyways, Cameron is going to say his goodbyes he actually speaks a little Spanish um, and uh, he hugs her and hugs uh, Clayton. And that's basically it. He's, he's leaving until the wedding. We'll see you then. Clayton is very relieved that everything is the same with the friendship with him and Cameron in person as it is online, which great. Perfect. So Clayton is cooking a special dinner. For Annalie, he's making steaks. He says to her uh, when they sit down to eat that he has some things that he wants to talk to her about. He's like, you know, Cameron gave him some advice. Um, so about your dad. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that you haven't said anything to him and the look that comes across her face is, I will kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> um he um basically says like i feel like you're not gonna tell him you know whatever she says that she will at one point she does say that she would but she's like i just feel like you know you're not gonna say something and then what if he dies what so she says i'm sorry but are you wishing death on my dad now that's not what he said but at the same time i'm thinking that's inappropriate why did you have to say, what if he dies? Like, that's not necessary, sir. Um, and she's like, so you want to ruin my dinner? That's what you want to do? And Annalise says, I told you I will tell him. Um, but at this point, you have ruined my dinner. <laughs> so there's that. And she leaves and she's crying and she worries that, you know, he would be more overprotective now than he was when she was still in Peru. But also because of her reaction of crying, Clayton goes to this weird place and he's like, I'm like, why is she crying? Is she like, is she in some sort of danger or something? And I said, no, she's just 
She wants to control the situation. She knows who her father is. We don't, you don't, like no one knows. So we don't know if maybe there's a, there really truly is a reason why she just does not feel comfortable telling him right now. And I don't know what that is, but I don't know. I don't know what you would do in this situation. Maybe just respect her and her decisions to not tell him. I don't know. No, we'll say. Um, but that's basically it for Clayton and Annalie. And that's basically it for this episode of 90 Day OG. So next time on, Gino is proposing to Jasmine for the fourth time, I think. Um, but she feels guilt because she is hiding something. And that is Dane Dan paid for her butt. Um, then we see Sam. Oh, sorry. Citra. Yeah. Citra and Sam are having one last hurrah before he converts to Islam. And then her dad is here. So we're going to have that. Annalie is over having the same conversation, that conversation being her dad. She's over it. Um, then we see, um, I guess Justin Igor and Nikki are good now because they're row, row, rowing a boat. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's some, and shit goes down, but he does say before shit goes down, his heart loves her, but his body doesn't fuck this shit. I'm done. (laughs) Fuck. Um, but then he laughs in her face about her not wanting to have a a threesome basically. And because she, uh, at all has any thoughts in her head about this basically walks away from her. Ashley, this part's going to piss me off. I'm going to limit it and not talk about it until next week. But Ashley and Manuel are fighting uh, from, you know, last this week's obviously. And you know, what can he do to make things better? Well, he can go fuck her in a public washroom because that is the only fucking way to silence her and to make shit better because y'all can't fucking communicate. Moving on. Rob is still angry. He's still pissing and moaning about this whole situation. And Sophie basically comes out and says, like, I can hear you, fucker. I can hear you. Okay. Shut the fuck up, basically. But that's it for this episode. Again, if you like what you heard, please like, review, rate, share the podcast. Um, you can share podcasts to anybody that you so choose. And you can rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, don't forget we're on every podcast app that you could think of. So make sure you hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you don't miss a single episode. You can connect with us by going to either Facebook or Instagram at reality t times two, Twitter or Reddit and uh, TikTok at reality t times two pod. We have a website and that is at solo.to for slash reality t times two. You can listen to episodes there as well. And you can also get the links to our socials on there. So you can get us there. We're on YouTube at Reality T Times 2, where you can listen to the episodes. We uh, also have an email address, and that is at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com. 
reach out. I love to talk to you guys. I love talking to you to, to people and listeners. I love it. So, um, where, uh, you can do that there. And don't forget, I also have my other podcast, Next Take Podcast, and you can get access to those episodes by either going to the website at solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast, or you can go to YouTube at at Next Take Podcast and you can listen to the episodes there as well. Um, But I think that is it for now. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.